When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta injury lawyers. Go to jameshbrown.com. Hey, Queens of the Stone Age. Good band. Uh, this is No One Knows, right? That's right. Yeah, this is a good one. What's the title? No One Knows. Songs for the Deaf. That was the album. Great album. That, that is, that's probably one of my top ten favorite albums of all time. Well, we'll t- it's Friday. We'll take requests, by the way, for songs coming back from break. Again, guitar rock, no naughty words. Or Taylor Swift, since I was listing off Taylor Swift songs with Chelsea Bird. You got a lot farther with that than I thought you were going to. Well, so I'm, 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 pretty, um, I'm pretty diverse musically. Actually, I'm not. Nah, I'm, yeah. <laughs> that, that's, that's totally not true. <laughs> like, that's a factual statement. Anyway. Well, yeah, Taylor Swift, is she's pretty big. Yes. I thought Chelsea would get more than three Def Leppard songs. And then, like, she's such a troll. So then she's, she leaves work, and she texts me, oh, I forgot a couple Def Leppard songs. And I'm like, okay. And she sends me Thunderstruck and Detroit Rock City. Of course, knowing that those aren't mm-hmm. Def Leppard songs, just to try yeah. to irritate me. I had to sit down and expand her mind with the classic rock uh <laughs> stuff i see in the afternoons uh, but hey things right. are going well so it's all good so sabers are leading the devils 5-2 late in the second period and the blue jackets and islanders are tied 2-2 that's also late in the second period coyotes and avalanche start at seven o'clock bunch of games coming up tomorrow the kings are going to be in action seattle plays nashville sharks play the flames that's a matinee another big one for calgary and of course the oilers and golden knights on 6:30. chad face-off show at 6.30, and the puck will drop at 8 o'clock. NCAA basketball tournament. I, did, I didn't I did give the scores last w- weekend because there are so many games. Well, I guess when Steve Sir was on, we talked about uh, uh, Fairleigh Dickinson upsetting number one Purdue, a 16 over one. But n- now we're later in the bracket, and, you know, these could be pivotal for people winning their, their pools or, you know, getting some money or not. Uh, Midwest region. About four minutes into the second half, number five Miami leading number one Houston, 51-45. And how about this? Three minutes left, number five San Diego State leading number one Alabama, 64-55. Alabama, not just the number one seed in the South, they're the number one team in the entire NCAA. So if both Alabama and Houston lost, there would be no number one seeds in the Elite Eight. I, I don't know if that's ever happened before. There have been no number wow. one seeds in the final four. Uh, and that only, I just looked it up, only two final fours ever did not include, include a number one seed. I, I don't think that there's ever been an elite eight without a number one seed. 
Could you imagine the amount of brackets that were bust or that would be busted? Yeah, like if the, that's the, the, case? the one, like the one, <laughs> the one dude in like you know uh, Central Arkansas that took all upsets. He's just he's thrilled right now. By the way, how about Gonzaga last night over UCLA? I watched the end of that game. That was insane. I watched eh? the last few minutes. So <laughs> UCLA was ahead. Gonzaga came back. They were ahead. UCLA. I'm trying to remember the sequence here. They made a three pointer to go up by one. Mm-hmm. And then Gonzaga brings the. I think there was about 15 seconds left. Gonzaga brings the ball up, and I'm thinking, okay, maybe they'll try to shoot right at the end to to win it. And the the guard brought the ball up, handed it off. I'm sorry, I don't know the players' names. To the other Gonzaga guy, mm-hmm. and he was halfway. He well, he honestly, he might have been closer to the center line than he was the three point line. He, he took the shot from the S he was, on the March. He was Madness standing logo. on the March Madness logo, yeah. which comes out of the center circle. Yeah. And he fires up this three and makes it. <laughs> like, just, like, talk about an unexpected shot. I, I guess UCLA is not thinking they have to defend three, 10 to 12 feet back from the three-point line. Right. But that's what makes this tournament great. As I've often said, every game is a game seven. It's got the built-in drama of the seeds blatantly telling you who the favorite is and who everybody thinks is going to win. And then you got wild finishes. And I guess Gonzaga has been a big school, been a prominent school for about 20 years now. But Well, both of them have been. Yeah, UCLA's, well, I mean, they're not as good as when John Wooden was coaching. No, but, of course. Uh, <laughs> that goes back a ways. But uh, uh, anyway, yeah, that, that, was, that, was, uh, that was quite a finish. Um, of course, I'm just double-checking something here. Uh, I'm double-checking where Marcus Camby played. Oh, he was UMass. Remember we interviewed Marcus Camby during the Oilers preseason? We did, yes. Yeah. Uh, anyway, yes, that, that was a thrilling finish last night. We might be in, a, in for a couple more here today. 780-496-0063. So for fun, give me your ultimate Oilers forward line, but you have to take one player from the five Stanley Cup era one player from 1991 to 2014 and one player from 2015 to now. Is anybody participating in this mad game? Oh, yes. We got, we, it's madness. <laughs> it is madness. Absolutely. Uh, DJ texts in with his line. He'd go Gretzky, Waite, and McDavid. Okay. Pretty good. Uh, Mike Scott, Gretzky, Smith, and McDavid. I, like I guess it's pretty obvious to take, even though I said I guess I, McDavid, I, I yeah, like, without Gretzky and McDavid. I'm kind of doing that just to be a little argumentative. I mean, you got two of the, but two of the top five players in the history of hockey. I guess we can put them on the same line and see what happens. Yeah. So this is an interesting one from Joe, though. He sent this in. I'm, 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 I hope it has Zdeno Seeger. <laughs> I fought about Zdeno Seeger for mine. Don't worry. Okay, that's that's question number two. Give me your ultimate Oilers line, but it has to include Zdeno Seeger. <laughs> okay. Sure. Uh, Joe texts in, and he has Gretzky, of course. He's got McDavid, of course. But then he's put Chris Pronger on the line as well. He's putting Chris Pronger at forward. At forward. Okay. Well, oh, well, that's a, a little bit uh, off the assignment. <laughs> no, that maybe that maybe he was thinking three on three overtime. But I think I said forward line. Yes. But yeah, three on three overtime. That would be pretty good. Gretzky, well, McDavid, imagine? and Pronger. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's that's to me that's another fun. I, I'm really starting to ramble here, Kellen. Well, <laughs> I did have stuff planned, but now we're just going everywhere. To me, one of the most interesting what if topics when we talk about hockey 
And I, I'm actually not going to go to the Oilers for this. I'm going to go to another team that had one of the all-time greats on it. What if they had three-on-three three overtime when Lemieux and Yager were on the Penguins? Oh. And, you know, Coffee or who they had Larry Murphy. I can't remember the exact timing of all of them. But, uh, you know, that's that's pretty interesting to me, too. Because I just, as great as Gretzky and Messi and Anderson and Curry was, I think... Lemieux and Yager in that setting might have even been more automatic. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it, that would be just an Could you imagine just watching that amount of talent out on the ice? If you take took them from their prime, like, let's say 95-96, Connor would still be chasing the record from the, the, that team if that's the case. If that, if that yeah, was I, line, I just think that's a really right? fun what if. Like, if, if those as great as those Oilers teams were, and of course we're in Edmonton, so I'm not detracting anything from those guys. Right. I, I just think, if, is there anybody you'd like to see play three-on-three three overtime? I might take Mario first. Mm-hmm. All right, anyway, what else is it coming in? Uh, Yakushev made me laugh with this one. Uh, Luke Gazdick, George LaRock, and Dave Semenko, you didn't say what the line had to be best at. <laughs> that's Good point. That's a very good point, Yakushev. You've, you've found the loophole again. We got to get tape William Shatner yelling, Yakushev! Excellent. Right on. Yeah, it's just like, what <laughs> is he talking about? After that. that's, that's unreal. Uh, we've got another anonymous text coming in with McDavid, Curry, and Garen. Toughness, defensive responsibility, and toughness. Uh, well, I think McDavid would be the speed. Yes. Okay. Well, that, he's, that's he, a, that, say that one again. Okay, David, so. David, Curry, and Garen. Bill Garen. Oh, that's an interesting one, isn't it? It is. Yeah. And then Coach Al texts in with another tough guy line. So he's got Semenko, LaRock, and Milan Lucic. <laughs> these, these are pretty interesting. I love how people find a way to take the assignment to a, a new place. I do appreciate that. I, I find it funny. Okay. And that's all we got for the line well, that, combinations for now. But I got a text in from Marfus uh, in response to Sandy's comment from last night. Oh, right. Sure. So says, hi, Reed. Sandy, the caller has to realize it's a team sport and the coach will make lines to give the team the best chance of winning. Who cares whose line Connor is on? You know, I'm going to say that you guys are going to laugh at me probably because we always talk about line combinations. I'll, I don't tweet a lot, but I'll usually tweet the combos at the morning skate. We have a sponsored... Uh, little uh, segment on the face-off show where Bob does the line combinations. We have top line. But really, when you think about it, the the line combinations are... I was going to say, like they're not irrelevant. But what's... I mean, they change all the time, right? I mean, well, here's how they practiced. And then they took the morning skate the same way they practiced. So those have to be the lines. Those have to be the lines. Two days in a row. Well... Yeah, okay, they're down 2 nothing. 10 minutes into the game and playing terrible. The, line, the lines change. You know, they, the, the lines are only relevant if they're playing really well or winning. They usually stay the same for a while. And every coach shuffles the lines. You know, if you pay attention to what other teams do, they bench guys, limit ice time, promote guys. So, yeah, I, I, I just don't think... I, I don't know if, you know, 10 years from now, we're going to say, oh, that was McDavid's line. You know, like of all the people that that was the that was the line he he played on you know I I just think that he's gonna play with so many different people and get so many um different 
combinations throughout a game because you're always going to try to sneak him in there, just put him out there as much as possible. I don't know if at the end of his career, Connor McDavid is going to be associated with just two wingers. I think he and Dreisaitl will be linked if they both wind up playing all or most of their career with the Oilers, but I don't know if he'll be associated just with uh, with one line. Okay. That was some fun stuff. I tell you what, I got to punt here and bring uh, Morley Scott onto the show for some combine talk. More on uh, the Oilers. Zach Hyman had some very intelligent comments today, at least I thought they were. And we'll also uh, preview the Oil Kings' final weekend of the regular season. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. All right, uh, Alabama has caught up, but San Diego State shooting free throws, 67-64. San Diego State with 45.4 seconds left in the uh, second half. So the top seed in the entire tournament on the ropes here. Morley Scott, play-by-play voice for your Edmonton Elks, checking in tonight. Hello, Morley. Hey, Reed, how you doing? I have a question for you. I have an answer for you, I hope. Well, I hope it's a fun question that I've been getting uh, some interesting responses from the listeners tonight all right so i want you to put together your ultimate oilers forward line so three forwards but you're allowed to pick one from the five stanley cup era one from 1991 to 2014 and one from the mcdavid dry settle era Hmm. and have to be positional like no you can just put three forwards together we'll assume that they they're all smart enough to play center or wink yeah that's for sure well i I for me uh well, that's tough. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> uh, just off the top of my head, uh, what was the second era you, you gave So me? from 1991 to 2014, so kind of mediocrity okay. and decade of darkness. Yeah, yeah, okay. I would go uh, Gretzky, Waite, and McDavid. Okay. that's uh, uh, You're not the first person to suggest that. We had a Messier, Waite, and McDavid as well. Mm-hmm. We had so a... Someone, uh, someone thinks Messier is better than Gretzky, is that what you're saying? Somebody said that uh, that it is a line. They think that would work better. Okay, I got you. I got you. Uh, we had okay. a Semenko, uh, <laughs> Larac, and Gazdick. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> Gonna have to Dave tell Brown, Luke that next time Dave he's Brown on the show. In there too. Yeah. Dave, oh, Dave Brown. Well, he, Dave Brown. He's got to be one of the best fighters of all time. And I know yeah. there were some great ones, but he was pretty yeah. tough. Yeah, well, it's that, that legendary story, too, and I, I can't remember the particulars of it, but I know there was a, on the road, there was a fight somewhere, and he couldn't get involved or something, and somebody said something about him afterwards, and, and he uh, he had the line walking by the media the morning skate, and he said, don't be going for coffee in the first five minutes tonight, fellas, and uh, whoever it was, I can't remember the particulars, but whoever it was, uh, first shift on the ice in the first five minutes, there was a pummeling. Right. <laughs> There was a pummeling. That's that's good. All right. Yeah. What uh, what you guys were down at the combine today? Tell tell yep. us a little bit about what you saw. Oh, it's it's kind of neat. They've changed the combine this year a little bit for the Canadian Football League, and uh, so far, uh, and we'll, we'll know more in the next couple of days because the real change is coming in the next couple of days. But so far, everybody seems to like it. They did the usual stuff, right? Uh, they did the, the the measurements where you know the the height and the weight and the wingspan on the hands and and all that stuff, and and did the physicals and medicals the first day. The second day, they did all the individual drills. Uh, I was down uh, yesterday morning and watched a little bit of the uh, the vertical jump and uh, the bench press, which is the bench 
Fisher's press to me is just fascinating to watch it. Uh, some guys go. Well, a couple of guys, uh, global guys, they put up uh, 29 reps of 225 pounds, which is, which is just <laughs> incredible to watch. But the guys are working hard doing that. Uh, and and then they had the the 40 and the and the three cone drill. Uh, little little do people know the three cone drill involves four cones, uh, but that's another story for another time. And uh, <laughs> and all those and all those individual drills. Then today uh, they've added the new part. That was usually the end of it. The players would also do interviews with teams. And I know players were interviewing with teams last night, and they're doing it again tonight uh, over at the hotel. So that's going on as well. But today. Uh, they started the team drills, and, and they're practicing as offense and defense. And today when we were there, like the offense was on for an hour, and then the defense came on and worked out for an hour, and, and starting tomorrow. And they did one-on-ones today too, which is always fascinating to watch, just those one-on-one battles between a DB and a receiver and between uh, you know a linebacker and stuff like that. So uh, those are always great to watch. But they're going to do more team drills over the next couple of days, which they haven't done before. And uh, just to, the coaches are going to get an opportunity to, to to, to watch these guys in a classroom setting, see how they pick up plays and see how they react with their teammates, you know, and, and because there's more to it than just just how high can you jump and how fast can you run. Uh, and as, as Chris Jones said uh, going into the uh, uh, combine, he said, we're not putting together a track team here, right? We don't need just the fastest guy. We also have to have guys who have football sense and know how to make football plays. you got to be able to run and jump, but you also got to be able to understand the game and do the, those those things that a lot of people can't do, uh, that 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 professional football players need to do. So they're getting a closer look at players in a football team atmosphere at the Combine, which they've never done before. So it's usually like a three-day event. This year it's a five-day event going right through until Sunday. So uh, some big changes. And from what I've heard so far, everybody seems to enjoy it. And, and, and an opportunity to, it gives the players an opportunity to show their skill set off in, in a couple of ways, individually and team-wise. And it gives the, the GMs and coaches and scouts a chance to look at them in, in the two different ways. So it, it's so far it's been successful. Successful. We'll see if they keep it up moving forward. All right, what's going on with the Elks this week tomorrow? Uh, Dave and I are going to be live from uh, the uh, the Commonwealth uh, Fieldhouse tomorrow morning between 9 and 10 o'clock. We're going to talk with uh, uh, scheduled to appear, as they like to say. We're going to have uh, CFL Commissioner Randy Ambrosi, uh, Elks Assistant GMG Roy Simon. Uh, we're going to talk to someone from the CFL about uh, about the combine and the setup this year. Uh, we're also uh, going to have um, uh, Gavin Cobb, who uh, is a member of the Elks. Didn't play this year because he got hurt in uh, the training camp uh, in, the, in the preseason game. You'll remember he was the guy who was carted off when they had those back-to-back plays when two guys oh, were right, yeah. off on back-to-back plays. Gavin Cobb was one of them. Missed the whole season, but he lit it up at the Combine last year. So we're going to talk to him about what it's like to be a player at the Combine. And we're hoping to bring in, uh, looking to get in uh, Eli Hetlinger as well from the Golden Bears, their quarterback who's taking part in things as well. So, uh, yeah, full uh, full show between 9 and 10 o'clock tomorrow live from the, from the Combine with myself and Dave Campbell. Has Ambrosi not been talking more about Atlantic Canada Again, which I found yeah. kind of surprising because, you know, like a lot of businesses, you know, the the, the league took some punches with the pandemic and yep. not having a season and stuff like that. So Yeah, actually, I was talking to Randy a little bit today down at the Combine, and, and we were talking about that, and I'm sure we'll bring it up on the show uh, again tomorrow when we talk to him. But uh, he was just talking about how much a tent team, how many issues a 10th team will solve you know it's going to cut down on the bye weeks right, right now because you got nine teams one team's got to be off every week right so yeah. teams get three bye weeks which is too many really when you think about it during a football season and and he said like now 
if you get a tenth team in, you get one. Bi- everybody gets one bye week uh, during the football season, and they'll probably get it in the summer months. And then uh, it'll allow you know some. It'll allow five games a week for most weeks, which would be great for television, be great for you know different aspects of it. But it would also take it from a 21 weeks uh, regular schedule to a 19 week regular schedule. So 21 minus 19 is two. That means the Great Cup would be two weeks earlier. Uh, so now you're in the first uh, you know first 10 days of November for the Great Cup, uh, which is a big difference between the last 10 days of November, especially on the prairies, right? Where, you know, it sure, it could be cold, but there's a much better chance of having better weather. And the playoff games are now going to be in late October. And we've had some glorious days in October for some home games in the prairies, right? Particularly last year, we had just a fantastic day uh, for a game here in October. So now those are going to be playoff games. So you're going to have better weather all around. And, and in my mind, better weather creates better games and also you know, if it's cold out, people aren't coming, right? You're not going to sit in the stands for three hours when it's cold. So I mean, you get a chance to up the attendance as well. All right. So uh, 9 to 10 a.m. tomorrow for the Elks this week. Yep, 9 to 10 with myself and Dave from uh, the Commonwealth Fieldhouse. Looking forward to it. will be some grunting and groaning with some football players in the background, too. So I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> All right. Morley, thanks for hopping on, man. Appreciate it. Anytime. Anytime, Rito. Have a good weekend, man. Morley Scott, play-by-play voice of your Edmonton Elks. And, of course, you get them doing sports every day on this morning with Jay Lynn and Daryl. Yes, San Diego State knocks off Alabama. How about that? Another upset in this NCAA tournament. Final two games of the season coming up for the Edmonton Oil Kings. We'll tell you what to look for there and uh, a little bit more on the Oilers. Uh, We'll finally get to Zach uh, Hyman's uh, comments on uh, Pride Night as well. It's Inside Sports on Chet.